Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle. And for the first time in over two years, we are in the same room as we record today's episode of the podcast. Yeah, we're sitting in your your living room. You got your Christmas tree up. And uh, yeah, exciting. Home for the holidays and uh, get to see you. We caught up a little bit at lunch and... uh, had some good good Sammies, and uh, now we get to talk some baseball, and this is gonna be this gonna be fun. It's a good time. Nothing better than some Christmas time baseball discussion. Hot stove season is in full swing, and uh, you know I wish we had an actual hot stove in here because it is freezing. It is outside. very cold in the Virgi- in Virginia and in the Richmond area. So yeah, hot stove is, is is cooling down quite like the temperatures across the eastern part of the United States. Uh, but we have had a lot of stuff going on. Over the past week, since we last talked to you guys, uh, I think the last episode we did, the the big thing was Carlos Correa signing with the Giants. Yeah, and that was. Oh, we had a really good breakdown topic. on that. Yeah, we did, and you know, I, I said how I was surprised that he got as big of a contract as they were offering him, thirteen years, three hundred and fifty million dollars. Well, it turns out he's going to get paid thirteen years, three hundred and twelve. Twelve years, twelve years, three hundred and fifteen million dollars by the New York Mets because he has changed his mind and he is now signing with the Mets. This all happened Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. I was very surprised when I woke up Wednesday morning and saw all the news on Twitter and Instagram and had a couple of notifications from MLB.com and Fox Sports and all that. It was everywhere. It was the biggest thing that had happened. I think maybe the second biggest thing that happened this offseason. But huge news. Carlos Correa, apparently the, the Giants found something in his physical that worried them and so they decided not to move forward with the deal and so he said okay I'll go somewhere else and Steve Cohen in the Mets offered him 12 years 315 million dollars and he said that's fine I'll take it and now he's going to be a New York Met for the next decade plus so I, I don't know if I believe the story that he failed his physical or if he just changed his mind and the Giants made all that up to save themselves the embarrassment of missing out on another top free agent. Yeah, it's weird. Scott Boris getting more dollar-dollar bills. I mean, I think it's probably, we don't know the full story, but I think it's probably the latter because I think he would have stayed with the Giants. I mean, I didn't see the fit with the Giants, but I also don't see the fit with the Mets. Like, I what are they going to do with Francisco Lindor? Are they going to who's going to play third base? Like, is what it is. But yeah, it's a weird story. But Carlos Correa ends up on the Mets, and um, let's just let's just show kind of how insane the Mets. This this is a insane turn of events. But since free agency began, the Mets have signed Correa to that three fifteen three hundred fifteen million, Brandon Nimmo one sixty two, Edwin Diaz one hundred two, Verlander to eighty six point six. Cody Senga, which we didn't even talk about, seventy-five million. Jose Quintana, twenty-six million. Novares, fifteen million. Adavino, fourteen and a half. David Robinson, ten million. That's a eight hundred and six point one million dollars that they've out they've put out. 
their payroll this year will be $384 million with a estimated luxury tax of $111 million, with a total payroll projecting to be $495 million. So, <laughs> basically, Steve Cohen, who is the richest owner in, in the sport, I think the richest owner in sports, if I'm not mistaken, it's either him or Steve, Steve uh, the owner of the Clippers, Steve Ballmer. Baldwin. Balmer, yeah, because he helped found Microsoft. Um is half a billion dollars. That's a lot of money. But going back to Carlos Correa, like I was shocked by it when I woke up that morning and saw that it it, it was the whole switcheroo. And it, you know there was a little smoke when you read. Like I went to go to bed and read how the deal was hanging up and it wasn't official yet. But I just figured it'd get figured out and it it there'd be some uh, some things in place. But nope. And he's a Met and. I mean, if you're the Mets, it's you're all in, and I think some flaws is they're relying on two older pitchers. But you know, when you're competing with the Dodgers, the Mets need that lineup, and this is a hundred win team, and they've just added big pieces. And you you gotta be you gotta you know the Mets are taking a I don't want to say an old school Yankees, but a definitely a like kind of that Yankees model of. We're just going to buy players, and that's what uh, Steve Cohen's doing. That's what he said he was going to do, and he's 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 legitimately put where his money his money where his mouth is, and uh, we will see if it pays off. Yeah, they've definitely gone out and done everything they can this off season to put together an even better team than they had last year. And they had a great team, a great team last year, hundred wins, barely lost the division to the Braves, but they did lose it. Uh, but they, I mean, the the players that they have brought in and the players that they have kept, it, they've done everything that they need to do. And on paper, it looks like they're doing everything right. So we'll just have to wait and see if they can actually put together the product on the field next year and have a, a another successful season. Have a season where, you know, maybe they win the division next year. Maybe they advance past the first round of the playoffs. So we'll just have to see how it goes once we get onto the field. Once the next season starts. But yeah, definitely a really really good off season. For the Mets, they are spending a ton of money. But like you said, Steve Cohen, he, he is the richest owner in baseball. He is one of the richest owners in North American sports. He actually comes in at number five on the list. Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, like you said, he is the richest owner in North American sports with a net worth of $83 billion. Steve Cohen comes in at $17.5 billion. Still, obviously, an insane amount That's of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of money. So, yeah, I mean, he they they just have so much money that they can afford this massive payroll and they can afford the $100 million in luxury tax payments. So, you know, it's, it's crazy when we see those numbers and when you think about it, but, but they can afford it. So, you know, why even worry about it? Why not just go out and do what the Mets are doing? Bring in the top free agents, bring in every player that they can to make this team a really good winning team. So I like what they're doing. Uh, I, th- I think that, you know, Carlos Correa, like we said last week, I, I still don't think he's deserving of a contract this big. I, I think that's just crazy. But, you know, he was going to get an even bigger one with the Giants, and that didn't work out. So the Mets had to offer him something comparable to what the Giants were offering. I, I still just can't get over everything that happened with him and the Giants, though. Like, the fact that that everyone assumed it was a done deal, and then all of a sudden Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, he ends up in Queens. I I just can't believe uh, 
how this all happened. And I, I really do question the story if he failed a physical or if he just changed his mind. But, I mean, because obviously nothing was signed yet, you know. They, they had an agreement, but nothing was signed. So, um, it's just a really interesting story. But that's probably the wildest thing that's happened this offseason. Uh, and probably the second biggest thing, obviously, behind Aaron Judge re-signing with the New York Yankees. Yeah. It, my question now is, and... Do you, do you think they're the favorites in the National League? Because I don't. Are they the favorites in their own division? Possibly. Because they still lost their best player. Like, they spent all this money, and they still lost their best player. Yeah. That's true. Uh, it's, I don't know. I think they're... I think... I might favor in the in the NL East because we'll talk about Dan Zuna second, but I don't know if I favor them over the Dodgers or even the team that eliminated them, San Diego. Yeah, I might favor them in the division now, but not in the entire National League. Um, I've seen some other people tweet this throughout the week. They're not the best team in their own city still. Well, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Uh, I've seen some people tweet this throughout the week that uh, the Giants have missed out on a lot of big-name players in the past couple of years, big-name free agents and trade targets, starting really with Giancarlo Stanton when he was being traded from the Marlins. They missed out on Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa now. Like, you think about all of those players that this team could have had, and they missed out on them, and especially the last two, Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa, where it seemed like it was a done deal at one point. They still got Arson Judge. <laughs> They'll just have to settle for Arson Judge. It's uh, it's got to be tough being a Giants fan. You know, you say that even though they won three World Series in the last decade and they just won 100 games two years ago. I think they're still a good team. Um, their consolation prizes, since they missed out on Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa, are Mitch Haniger and Michael Conforto. Not the best consolation prizes, but, you know, solid players, good good offensive bats so not the star power that they were looking for yeah that's honestly probably why they spent the big trying to spend the big bucks is they don't have a face like you know buster posey was the face of the giants they don't have that face of the franchise that an aaron judge uh, a carlos Correa, to some degree can bring and you know you you might have to overspend for that and and that's what they were trying to do and it it didn't work out that that does seem weird to me like the Correa deal Judge, I think, was just never going to happen at the end of the day. Like, he was going to be a Yankee. And, um, but the the Correa thing is, is definitely weird. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Uh, okay, you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Dansby Swanson, no longer with the Atlanta Braves. I did check on you right away. You did. You did, and I appreciate it. Um, not quite as bad as last year when Freddie Freeman signed with the Dodgers, but... Still upsetting. This is now back-to-back years to homegrown players. Dansby, to you know, Dansby's a an Atlanta kid. Like he grew up yeah. in Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. Number grew one up pick. A Braves fan. Have left, and I trust Atlanta to do kind of the Matt Olson kind of thing where they find a shortstop and they'll they'll make a move. But it, it's still it's still something to kind of keep an eye out for. Which good news is, uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. is locked down. Um, Ozzy Albies is locked down, and and so on and so forth. But you still got Spencer Strider, and you have um, what's his name, 
Michael. Michael Harris. Michael Harris yeah. are the next two, yeah. clearly. And are you going to be able to lock both those guys down? Because those are, you know, two premier young players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the good news is, like you mentioned, Acuna, Albies, Swanson, Riley. Not Swanson. Um, not Swanson. Not Swanson. It's okay. <sighs> Sad. Acuna, Albies, Olsen, Riley. And, you know, actually, I believe Michael Harris is already locked up. Um, they signed him to a contract earlier this year, eight years, $72 million. So he's locked up for the next eight years. Uh, so, yeah, you know, they do have a lot of their young core signed through the next five or more years. So, yeah, you just got to wonder if they're going to be able to, you know, keep these guys around when the time comes for them to hit free agency and test the market, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, retaining your big players are just as important as signing new ones. Yeah, especially when you have a team like the Braves that is one with so many young players. And how the Braves have built their team, which is their farm system. And so... I think the focus, and you know, this is going to be a slow burn. Is Spencer Strider like can Atlanta keep him? And if they can, then great. And then what are they going to do at shortstop? What are you, like what are your expectations of what they do at shortstop? I think, I think you're right. They do go kind of the same route they did last year with Matt Olson, and they trade for a shortstop somewhere. I don't know who that would be. I don't know, you know, what shortstops are really on the market on the trade market out there but i i do think that they have to go out and get someone because you know the other option that people have thrown around is von grissom who was a rookie last year and he had a pretty good rookie season but i don't think he can be the long-term answer at shortstop right now you know you got to get someone who's more proven a more veteran player uh before you just commit to this rookie who's barely played you know what half a season so i think that you have to I think they have to trade for someone. I don't know who it's going to be, but they have to make a trade. Yeah, and, and the the hard part about this is Danzy kind of was the last shortstop to sign because Devers was gone. I mean, not Devers. Uh, Bogarts was gone. And then, you know, obviously the Korea deal happened, and I'm not saying they would have gone after them, but those are the two other big shortstops. And Trey Turner. And, and then obviously Phillies. Trey Turner went yeah. to the Phillies, yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't replace – you know, that can't replace him in free agency at this point, or at least a player to his caliber. So, yeah, Braves have some work to do, especially given uh, the looming 500, half a billion dollar payroll that is their rivals have right now. I do have to say, though, I don't think that... The and the Phillies have gotten a lot better, and they went to the World yeah, Series. Yeah, they have. They have gotten a lot better. And they'll better. have a healthy Bryce Harper all year. I don't think that the Braves should have tried to match the Cubs contract that they gave Swanson because it was what, seven years, $177 million. Mm-hmm. He's a great defensive player. He's an average offensive player. So I don't think they should have tried to match that contract. So, you know, if that's what the Cubs were willing to offer him, then it, it sucks. But sorry, you yeah. got to let him go. And it's more of not retaining the player over the contract itself right. is the issue. And I, I would say this – the Cubs are paying the tax of trying to get back to relevancy. Like Cubs are trying to reset their roster and similar to what they did with the Lester deal. I think they, you could go back and look at that John Lester deal and say they may maybe overspent for John Lester. Well, if they don't get John Lester, they probably don't win the world series. And so if you're restarting your roster and you want to build a really good core, well, 
you know, get a young dynamic shortstop who's really good defensively and, and Dansby Swanson and then go from there because the Cubs are trying to find that magic that they had. I mean, and so it, it will be uh, interesting to see how it breaks down. Yeah, it, it definitely will be. Um, like I said, I'm not as sad about Swanson leaving as I was when Freddie Freeman left. It is still upsetting. And, you know, when you have a, a homegrown player like that and they decide, to, especially one that's from Atlanta and grew up a Braves fan, it is tough to see that happen. But I will say his, his, what is his grandfather is a Cubs fan, was a Cubs fan, and he passed away, what, was it right, right after he, I read something about it, but. I know his grandfather, who passed away relatively recently, was a Cubs fan, and hmm. the fact that Dansby gets to go back, he was he was kind of emotional about that. Well, that is good. That's cool. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it, it is. I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, other big moves going on. Carlos Rodon going to the Yankees, bolster up their rotation. So now they not only did they bring back Aaron Judge, but they also signed one of the top free agent pitchers that was remaining on the market. So a good move by the Yankees introduced him this week at a press conference. He looks weird without a beard, but that's how it goes when you join the Yankees. And this was a guy they've been connected to for a while. They tried to trade for him at the trade deadline. It didn't work out, but that was the thing the Yankees needed was starting pitching. It really hurt them in the ALCS. It was the reason I think they got swept is the Astros just overpowered them in starting pitching and maybe they need one more dynamic bat in there. But, um, to get a, a starting rotation now of Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, and Frankie Montas, that's a that's a very elite starting pitching, and you know what you'll get from the Yankees bullpen, which has been consistently one of the best in baseball. So I think from a pitching point of view, it feels the first time where it it could match the power of the offense that the Yankees can bring. Like this is a starting rotation that could compete with Houston, especially a Houston team that lost Justin Verlander. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely a really important move for them to make to to go out and strengthen that rotation. I think he's a really good pitcher. Um, you know, he, he's been really, really good the past two years, kind of developing as one of the top pitchers in the league, and he was great for the Giants. Um, so I think it's a really good move for the Yankees. I think that he'll definitely help them a lot. And it's going to be, uh, you know, they, they have to do whatever they can to kind of catch the Astros because that's really what they're trying to do in the American League at this point. And the Yankees aren't done making moves. You know, they're, they're connected to Brian Reynolds, you know, who requested a trade it out of Pittsburgh. They might be the favorites to land him. That's a 27-year-old, one of the, you know, better center fielders in the league. Hit uh 262 last year with 27 homers so it, it would be uh I think interesting if the Yankees could pull off a move like that and get get a Brian Reynolds to add to their lineup where you know that's kind of what they need they need they needed a little more offense and they needed starting pitching and I think that could make this Yankees team way more dangerous come come this next season yeah and in the other big news for the Yankees this week uh Aaron Judge was officially 
reintroduced, I guess, at a yeah. press conference announcing a good his, way to put it. They announced his, his contract. new contract and uh, other another big announcement for yeah, Aaron he was, Judge. He was officially named, and and we've kind of I've kind of touched on this, and it's been the rumor since basically you know this new contract was he was officially named captain of the New York Yankees, the 16th captain in the history, which is is definitely a historic title. I mean, the guy's been the leader of the team. He's the last captain of this team since Jeter. And uh, so, and the crazy part is there has only been two captains since we were born in 97. It's been Jeter and Judge now. And so, uh, Don Manley obviously was 91 to 95 with the Yankees. So, um, yeah, he joins a, a pretty, pretty historic group of, of Yankees. And, um, yeah, this you knew this was coming once he signed the new deal. This guy's been the face of the team since he came up and had his historic year, but he deserves this. He is the leader of the team. I say he's the face of the sport at this point because he's the best player on the most famous team in the sport. So uh, I was, it, it was cool to see it happen. And if you watched the press conference and you saw, as soon as you saw Derek Jeter up there, you knew what was happening. Yeah, it definitely is cool. I mean, it really is kind of just making it official because he pretty much was the captain of the team already. Yeah. And, you know, I love seeing that because I don't think that enough teams in baseball, you know, name a captain. I can really only ever think of the Yankees and the Red Sox naming captains. You know, Derek Jeter used to be, like you said, the last captain for the Yankees. And I remember Jason Veritek was the captain for the Red Sox for a while. So it's really cool to see when a team, you know, designates a player as, you know, the official clubhouse team leader and Aaron Judge definitely is that for the Yankees so it's cool to see that happen definitely a historic moment as he receives that designation so that's everything that's happened in the past week since we last recorded our episode Carlos Correa is now signing with the Mets for a 12-year 315 million dollar deal after originally agreeing to a contract with the Giants Dansby Swanson has left the Braves he is signing with the Cubs on a seven-year contract and Michael Conforto has signed with the Giants, Carlos Rodon signing with the Yankees. Pretty much all the big moves that have happened over the past week. Trey, it is Christmas time. It a lot is. of people hoping for a lot of good gifts over the next couple of days. A lot of people have uh, you know, gifts that they want to give. So we're going to We're gonna become Santa Claus. <laughs> we're going to become Santa Claus. Ho ho ho. What gifts would you want to give to various players or teams around major league baseball well i'm gonna start with an obvious one a new team for mike trout Ooh, there you go i would throw in maybe some better marketing for him yeah. Uh, but yeah a new team for mike trout because he's stuck on the angels in this long-term deal where they can't win and he doesn't get the relevancy he needs because if you look at aaron judge the reason why he blew up so big. He's not just because he had an historic season, because also the Yankees were good and they won games. So uh, a new team for Mike Trout. How that? That's the first one. I'll I'm sure that would be a very good gift if Mike Trout woke up Christmas morning and there was a new team in he his was, stocking. Let's just say, in in his hometown of Philadelphia. Oh, okay. I I wasn't gonna be too biased and say the Yankees, but honestly, if he's you put a Philly, I always thought he would go to the Phillies because he's a he's a Philly guy. You put Mike Trout on that team with Bryce Harper and Trey Turner. That'd be pretty good. There you go. Um, all right. I've got a gift that I would like to give to my Atlanta Braves. That would be a new shortstop, <laughs> yes, as we talked about uh, earlier on. 
uh, Dansby Swanson left the team, so they need a new short stop. I, like I said, I think they're going to trade for one. I don't know who it's going to be, but I do think that that's the route that they need to go. So if if they could get a new shortstop for Christmas, I would be very happy about that. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are players available on the trade market that they, they could bring in and insert into that spot, but that is definitely uh, a move that they need to make. I'm moving now to the Oakland Athletics, and what I'm giving them is a moving fan because they're going to be moving to Vegas soon because their stadium can never get fixed. All right. That's my I, – I think that's going to happen. Either expansion team to Vegas or or Oakland's going to join their pals, their Raiders in Vegas. So uh, we'll give them a, a moving truck ahead of time, even though I don't want them to leave Oakland. It's just – I just know it's going to happen. Okay. A moving van and not just a new stadium. See, that – but that's simple. Yeah, that would be <laughs> – that would be too easy. I'm trying easy. to be creative. Okay. All right. I've got one. I'd like to give um, the city of Nashville a Major League Baseball franchise. That's good. That's good. We we kind of talked about this before we recorded. Like I think expansion is going to happen to thirty two, and it, I think Vegas and either Charlotte or Nashville makes sense. One in the West, one in the East. I think Vegas is a little, the biggest lock, and then I I mentioned Montreal would be a cool. But yeah, I think Nashville would be an ideal spot. Nashville would be good. Charlotte. Could support a team. The only thing is they already have a triple A team there. Um, Nashville does as well. Actually, they have a minor league team. Charlotte has a triple A team. And they're also, you know, the Braves are really the only southern team. You have the two teams in Florida, but the Braves kind of encompass the entire southeast. So you yeah. throw a team in North Carolina, that kind of takes away from from Braves country a little bit. So put a team in Nashville. Yeah, but they're... Think about this. It would take, what, like two hours for us to drive. Yeah. Four hours to drive to a baseball game. Yeah. I mean, that would be a major league that would be one game. perk of it. Um, well, no, it takes us to – we can go north to Baltimore. I mean, yeah, Baltimore or D.C. Yeah. So, I can't do math. Nashville, Montreal, Vegas, or Charlotte. I think any of those could support a major league baseball team. That would be cool to see if they ever do decide to go the expansion route. Yankees Mets. I think a Yankees Mets World Series would be the most would be the most popular one in the sport in terms of viewership. So give me that's where I'm gonna get baseball. So we can get more eyes on baseball. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Um before we wrap up, Trey, uh Christmas coming up, a couple of days. What's your favorite Christmas song and movie? Oh, uh, we you already asked me this. And well, I, you, I, I, I asked you, but you, we got to give it out to the people. So my my favorite Christmas song is Jingle Bell Rock, and my favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So, what 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 about you? I agree with you there on uh, Christmas Vacation as the best Christmas movie. It's uh, always been a favorite of my family's. Um, so I told you at lunch, uh, it was. Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home by Darlene yeah. Love. I I like that one, but I also like the Eagles, Please Come Home for Christmas. I just, I've, something about those songs, you know. Are you talking about your, the Philadelphia Eagles with a Philly special no. Christmas? <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah, you know, I should Eagles. check out their Christmas album as well. Yes. Um, Sounds like a good one. 
I, I I don't know if you saw this, and this is I just thought of this. Uh, we'll throw a little nugget in. Clayton Kershaw is joining the American team for the World Baseball Classic. So we'll talk. We can talk about that soon. The tu- turn of the new year. That's yeah, that'll be before. coming up pretty soon. A couple of yeah. months. Can't play baseball in this type of weather. Hopefully, it'll warm up just a little bit. <laughs> um, but as always, we want to wish you a happy holidays, a merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. We may have an episode next week, depending on our, our schedules uh, for the new year. If we don't, happy new year. Uh, leave us a five-star review. That can be your Christmas present to us, a five-star review and a subscription, and share it with three of your friends. How about that? And give them to leave a five-star review as well. Thank you so much. As always, you connect with us. Matt Kins in the news. That's wrong again. <laughs> Matkins News. I just never correct you. But I know yeah. you don't. Matkins News on Twitter, and then... Also, at Trey Lyle VT on Twitter. Connect with us there at Foul Ball Area. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.